the NFL playoffs are in full swing. We are hot recently, going 37-15 in our last six weeks. Our lifetime playoff records is 162-96. and Get on board now and take advantage of our one-time offer of $125 off our postseason all-access package. All you need to do is Google Sharp Football, click on the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. Hello, welcome to Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. It's here we go, Divisional Weekend. This is usually uh, what most people believe is the, the most fun weekend of the, the NFL season. So before we dive into these games, how are we doing today? Good, yeah. I mean, last year, Divisional Round was uh, arguably one of the best weekends of the season. You know, yeah. obviously we had the Bills-Chiefs game, but all the rest of the games were also good that entire weekend. They were, they were close, right? Like, you know, there's a difference since, you know, the NFL's adage this year. At least the games are close. Because, you know, you go back to, like, that Bengals-Titans game. Like, was well, that a good football game? But it was very close. Uh, and that's all we asked for, right? Like, make these games matter uh, down to the end, kind of hold us. And we had that last week, too. The games were relatively, you know, yeah. good and close, except for, you know, the Monday night game. Because listen, we just don't need Monday night in the opening round of the playoffs. And when we get to that game, we'll talk about the implications of that game being on Monday night, which kind of throw a wrench into this, that matchup as well. But uh, yeah, man, real good, real good this week. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, we were kind of like looking at some of the matchups and they like, they could be close, but pretty much everything with yeah, except for Monday night was way better than we could have hoped. Um, and we knew know, the Ravens were going to give the Bengals a hell game, right? Like, yeah, that, that <laughs> game, like we we figured, was was going to be close. But even you know, it, San Francisco and Seattle, like Seattle was leading at halftime, mm-hmm. uh, going into that game before you know San Francisco kind of turned it on. And uh, you know, Miami and Buffalo was uh, more than though we it was unique. probably ever could have. Yeah, unique is a great way uh, to, <laughs> to put that game. In. And it was and like four hours long. Like, it, it, <laughs> man, yeah. Yeah, I, I it was remember like three like, o'clock, and it's they're like still in the second quarter. I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah, and then during the game, they they announced they were going to push the start of uh, of Giants Vikings, and like even with the time they pushed it back to, it was like, oh, that's a very optimistic with how this game's going. <laughs> um, and then 100%. they they ended up overlapping a little bit, so hopefully we don't get like a four hour. We we don't need any of that. Um, but here we go, four games this weekend. All, all a lot of fun games, like very fun matchups. Um, so let's just let's just dive into them. Uh, we'll go in chronological order here, and we'll start with the Jaguars Chiefs. Uh, Jaguars, if we like look back, obviously very much a you know a, a tale of two halves. Uh, but it, the weird thing is, like, not a lot really changed for Jacksonville over the first half, like at least like process wise, like they didn't like totally change things up. Um, They just kind of, not so much like give the ball to the chargers. That's true. Um, And and credit to the chargers defense in that first half, because they were, they were playing so well. I just, they did everything from, from a game plan perspective. Like uh, I was looking at like just Asante Samuel juniors, um, it's like coverage stats. He only played one snap in press, but uh, he was also targeted um, 12 times. He made six of them a tight window throw and uh, was uh, made a play on the ball, you know, six times also. Um, so like that was just a way that they were, you know, reading the routes and breaking on those and just making everything as hard as possible uh, for, for the Jaguars. And then eventually they just kind of, you know, got through. So, Going into you know that that second half, Trevor Lawrence 1823, 0.60 uh EPA per play, uh 7.04 a dot 9.17 yards per attempt. And it like great. A lot of that they they did a lot of work on crossers, right? So 21.7% of his targets uh in the second half were on crossers. Chiefs defense now 26 in EPA per play against crossing routes during the regular season, but they only allowed six explosive plays, which was the lowest uh, total uh, in the league. So uh, you can kind of like get some yards. It's not going to be like a, a huge wide open type thing, but like if, if that's a place where like we kind of think the Jaguars could take advantage, like that might be it just, just to start. 
Yeah, and they, they struggled against slot guys all year too. Yeah. And, and you know they were they were actually pretty good against tight ends. Um, they get touchdowns to tight ends. It didn't give up a lot of, of big plays. Uh, when we last left off, we saw like you know Hunter Renfro have his best game of the year against the Chiefs. That's a guy we saw. Christian Kirk, I think he had nine nine catches, uh, two touchdowns. And these teams played earlier in the year. So those are the kind of the guys that you're looking for to kind of step up. Uh, you know that middle of the field stuff uh, against them. The, the, the bummer is that the the Chiefs, you know, kind of always script you out of the run game, right? And that's that's kind of what the Jaguars didn't fall into that last week, like you said. Like they kind of just kept running their offense. They just just kept getting stops and then just keep running their offense. Etn, I thought for a while because I had bet some Etn like ladder stuff, and I was like, oh, he's done getting carries. Uh, and the Jags just kind of stuck with it uh, throughout the game. So we'll see how close they can keep it. Last time these teams played, uh, they fell behind twenty nothing, and then it was just kind of kind of a wrap. Uh, yeah, it's hard because like that's such a different. Even you know what was that week ten? Um, yeah, it was still a different version of the Jaguars. So like I didn't want to like go back too much and like take too much of what the Chiefs did to the Jags in that game because I just feel like right now it's it's a very different version. I think both of these teams. Yeah, it's different. I mean, you still got a Doug Peterson still from that game though. Like he needs to understand the full assignment though. So that game opened where they onside kick, right? Yeah. Awesome. Like we love to see that against the Chiefs, right? You're trying to you're trying to steal possessions, you're trying to win the game, right? Right. And then they punted inside Chiefs territory the next two drives. Like, like you gotta understand the full assignment. Like, if you're gonna pull off this upset, like you gotta go all the way in, right? You can't dip your toe in the water. You gotta go all the way in. We we can't have what happened last time. And because they 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 steal possession right away, they punt twice in Chiefs territory. Uh, they also win the turnover battle three to nothing and they were never in the game. They were never in the game. So like P- Doug Peterson, you got You got to go all the way in, buddy. We got to put that head underwater. We got to submerge it. No dipping your toe in. You got to go for the whole, the full dub here. Yeah. And I kind of feel like they, they will, uh, in this game. And that's, it's, I feel like they're, they're definitely going to be more aggressive. And I think we kind of saw some of that come up against the chargers, um, uh, well, they're they're not really going to have, uh, you know, there's not much downside uh, for going for it. Um, the ETN thing is, is interesting because, like I said, they they do put you out of uh, the run game, but the Chiefs are 28th in DVOA against running backs in the passing game. Yeah, but we haven't really seen no. the Jaguars be able to get that going a little bit. There there hasn't been a lot of ETN. The one game he got hurt, game. they threw to Jamichael Hasty. Like he had, he had more catches in that what three quarters than ATN had in any game. Yeah, so it, it's <laughs> been a, a real interesting dynamic because you always kind of thought you know that's where ETN yep. could could thrive a little bit. So you wonder if maybe they can game plan that just just a little more, and that's another way where you can just kind of keep the ball moving. And and again, like you want to score against the Chiefs, but you also kind of want to keep the ball out of their hands uh, a little bit. So I wonder if that's just something they can kind of mix up uh, just a, a little more. Um, like you said, like they're, it's hit or miss against tight ends. They do give up a lot. Uh, uh, they give up some in, in the red zone um, in the open field. It's mostly, but 19th and DVOA against tight ends. And we've kind of seen like the Evan Ingram is kind of their like break glass in case of emergency thing. Like if, if we need something to happen for the Jaguars, like, we're going to hit Evan Ingram on a crosser and, and hope something can happen there. And then that kind of opens up. That's kind of their their way to opening some things up at, down the field when they start hitting those crossers. And then, um, like we saw, like on the, on the Christian Kirk touchdown. Um, or, yeah, the, the touchdown uh, in the what was it, third quarter uh, where it just kind of opens up because they, everyone is just kind of, you know, looking for that short route and they're able to, you know, hit a, a corner going over the top. So, it's it's going to be interesting, and you know the way you look at the Chiefs' defense, they're thirty first uh, in DVOA against number one receivers. But Jaguars don't really have a, a number one guy. That's kind of what we talked about, you know, throughout the throughout the year. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they uh, attack this defense, especially given you know the, the strengths and weaknesses of of each. And then on the other side of the ball, like is there is there anything 
that's going to slow down the Chiefs offense because it's just like it kind of feels like I want to talk about like the Jaguars offense against the Chiefs defense because like it just feels like it's it's so important and that's the matchup that's probably going to change things because you're probably not stopping the Chiefs from scoring because they just no one has this year. Yeah, and it, you know you go back to like this Jaguars defense, like they just they just don't defend the middle of the field. Yeah, and uh, you know we saw that again on display on Saturday night where Gerald Everett looked like he was you know basically you know just Ozzie Newsome out here like running around. Uh, they gave up twelve catches to ja- uh, Chargers tight ends uh, when these teams met earlier in the year. Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray both had touchdowns. Uh, the they, they combined for like nine catches in that game. Uh, they, they struggle against running backs out of the backfield. No one told the Chargers uh, about that, apparently. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's where you want to tag them because they're good on the outside. You've talked about Tyson Campbell and how good a season he's had. But the middle of the field is where the Jaguars have just really been just crushed the entire season. Yep. And that's where the Chiefs have lived this year. Yeah. Like we've talked about, like, you know, the dynamic of losing Tyree Kill. And th- there's been a manifestation throughout the course of the year, too, and I don't know if it had to do specifically with like the Mecole Hardman injury, but the Chiefs have started to like just rotate their receivers in and out and they don't even throw to them. It's all like running backs and tight end stuff all over the middle field. And you look yeah. at Mahomes, he's number one in the NFL and, you know, percentage of yards that come after the catch. Uh, he's had, he's had a low a dot. Uh, they just, they just feast on that run after the catch game uh, and they set all that stuff up. And that's what they did when these teams played earlier in the year. And I imagine it's probably what we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, come Saturday too, as well. Yeah, absolutely. They just don't have anything uh, in in the middle of the field. The the linebackers have struggled uh, in coverage. Um, there there really isn't a, a great slot corner that they've had. And like I said, we, you know, Tyson Campbell is is great, but you can avoid guys on the outside. Uh, you just throw when, Marcus when, Valdez Scantling like a sacrificial lamb. Like, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, and and that's kind of <laughs> what the, the Chargers did. Also, uh, yep. when when they were scored, they just they didn't throw at him. Um, I think he had you know one reception on three targets for all of his coverage snaps. And it's just like that those are great numbers. And, and it, it does help to not have a threat on the outside. Uh, but again, if, if you're a team like the chiefs and you can build everything through the middle of the field, I, I, that's just what they're going to do. So it's just, yeah, it's, they have no one who's going to be able to, to handle Kelsey. Um, you know, it, you put a, a corner or a safety or a linebacker and Jacksonville just doesn't have, that guy is just not currently on the roster, which is, you know, not a lot of teams do have that, you know, it's like in Derwin James and that's maybe it. Um, I guess like Kyle Hamilton, maybe eventually if we like see that matchup, you know, down the line at some point, um, it was just, there aren't a lot of guys that can do it. And the chiefs have shown they'll just, they'll live there. Um, it doesn't matter. Well, Travis Kelsey can get 17 targets and that's, that's fine. Um, and so I think it's going to be real hard to, to slow Kansas city down in in that way, especially like if this pass rush isn't going to completely get home, which it's been, you know, the hit or miss, um, like if Josh Allen's not doing anything, like Trayvon Walker just hasn't been that consistent rushing the passer. And it's, I don't know. It's hard to see how that side of the ball really it gets the Jaguars in this game. So actually it's just, you know, how much can this offense, uh, the, the Jacksonville offense, you know, push the ball down the field because that's, that that's how it's, it's going to end and stealing those possessions and doing things. Like you said, uh, the Doug Peterson, like keeping that offense on the field, you gotta you get a little more aggressive on, on some of these fourth downs early in the game. Um, Cause you're going to need every chance you have. And that's just kind of, you know, where they are, which you know, not, not a bad thing for the Jaguars. Like no, no, positive, for, to be uh, where you are and, and not favored against the chiefs. That, that's, that's fine. That's still well ahead of schedule. hundred percent. They probably have a similar conversation with the next game. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, giants, Eagles, uh, giants having a, a runaway win, uh, against Minnesota. Oh, we, we need to slow down a little bit on the Giants, though. Like, we can't spend all year saying Minnesota's not good and then be like, <laughs> the Giants are the greatest team because they they beat Minnesota. But um, also, when you look at, like, the Giants, like, uh, their offensive statistics, like, up and down for the whole course of the season, there's, like, these two outlier games. They're both the Minnesota games. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Probably says something. So I, I wrote about uh, Daniel Jones for... Uh, the website 
this week just kind of like because i it was also another thing where like daniel jones clearly had like the best game of his career against the vikings but i got like real carried away about like exactly what he did and what this whole like 2022 season was about like he was somehow carrying this team and i kind of said it last week on the show a, a lot of what he does is like because of the offensive structure and not in spite of it and that's you know receiving talent and all of those other things um he's you know been able to scramble and obviously like that was that was a big part they have decided like he is their better run option than Saquon Barkley sometimes like if that's not completely going like if the offensive line isn't holding up in the middle um and it was you know getting a little tough uh, against Minnesota at some points they're just like five we'll just run the quarterback and and that's a, a great thing to have Obviously, when you look at the, what they were doing in the passing game, just the, killing them with crossers. Also, um, you know, when you have that, that Minnesota defense, like they're just they're going to do what they do. And it was a lot of you know sitting back, you know, cover uh, quarters, cover six, and it's just it leaves a lot of open holes. And when you can have someone running through Minnesota's linebackers, just they're not meant to you know change direction in the way the Giants were making them do. Um, uh, against the crossing routes in the middle of the field. So there was just, you know, some some open throats that they were able to take advantage of. So what's interesting is if you look at what the Eagles defense has been, they have been 29th in EPA per play against scrambles. So there's an opening there. Again, some of those scrambles are going to be going against a pass rush that has just completely dominated a lot of other teams because they're so quick on the outside. Um, so that, that really has to, like, you have to make that decision quickly. And I think that's part of the Daniel Jones, like progression here is that he has been making those decisions quicker. Um, it's not, you know, it's sitting back and, you know, being a, a sitting duck in the pocket, which he has been, but there's, there still has been some times in that. So I think a lot of this is going to be game script dependent, right? If Daniel Jones is going to have to sit in that pocket and like really make something happen, it's going to be very dangerous for, uh, that that pass rush and, and whatever happens uh, in there in pass protection and because Jones still took a lot of sacks right throughout this year but it was a lot of like outside the pocket it, it wasn't like those blindside hits that caused the you know forced fumbles and everything although he still did have a couple of those so a lot of this is how the Giants are, are going to be game script dependent and how much they can get that quarterback run game because that's really the, everything the offense has run through has been through that, which is great coaching. It's just not, you know, the, the quarterback, you know, being great, which I think is, is a lot of, we, we kind of got that, that like mixed up um, after like what he did against the Vikings, which was, was a great game, but let's not get too carried away. Well, you will revisit that when he, you know, when, when that contract extension goes down. Uh, yeah. Like after that game, everyone was like, yeah, like $40 million. It's fine. Hey, the, more than the franchise tag. So it's, uh, let's, let's slow it down a little bit. Yeah. I feel similarly this game though, is the first game, you know, it's, it's, it's been a great season for the giants. Uh, you, you made the playoffs, you got a, a playoff win, even in the, you know, the, the first year with your, under your new regime, Everything's moving forward. It's progressing. Uh, this is probably where the train stops. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, we, we've seen this game one time for real, uh, a, a kind of a, a not real time in week 18. But the same story kind of happened to these teams throughout the course of the year. You know, it's the, the Eagles are like the hottest starting team in the NFL. They get out the huge leads. The Giants are a notorious slow starting team. Uh, they've got to try to claw back. They score some points at the end of the game that, that are cosmetic, and you know neither game was particularly close. Uh, they were outscored forty-seven in the first half against the Eagles this year. Uh, they are getting some guys back, but like we've talked about, like those guys are are cool. It's like it's great getting a Dory Jackson back and Leonard Williams and Xavier McKinney. They're better than the guys you had, but they still allowed six yards per play last week. Like it's not necessarily a defense. I think that's going to really stop the Eagles. I think your best hope is that the Eagles are just rusty, right? Like, cause they haven't played like first team, good offense in what, six weeks, you know, since yeah. Jalen, since Jalen hurts was, was fully healthy. And you're just hoping that like, they're not sharp. I think that's your, your best case. And it'll be also interesting to see if they just go back to blitzing again. Right. Cause they, they actually listened last week or into the script and saying like, Oh, we don't have to blitz Kirk cousins every play. They were able to get pressure on Kirk Cousins without blitzing, but are they going to be able to get pressure on the Eagles without blitzing? 
that's uh, one of those things that that interior right of yeah. of minnesota's line has been a kind of a problem yep. all year and dexter lawrence just man, oh, man. just eight hey, and he's he's been doing that all year but again like you're not going to be doing that against jason kelsey um even though like dexter lawrence probably has like 100 pounds on jason kelsey um <laughs> it's still like you're, you're still not getting through like that um but the interesting thing is the, the way the giants have kind of shifted their their defense and their coverage a little bit so they played 45.5 percent man um against indianapolis in week 14 and obviously like you, they've been very heavy in man all year indianapolis you don't really there's no one who really worries you so you can play the man up a little bit even with the corners that the giants had at that point they haven't been over 30 percent since that game though um they were 27.6 percent against philly uh in week 18 their past four games have all been under 20 percent and they had a season low 16.1 percent against the vikings last week but what's interesting is like they use that zone coverage in a way against minnesota where you know you had Dory Jackson kind of following Justin Jefferson for a little bit, but then you had that safety over the top. So they, they played a lot of, you know, they played a lot of quarters. They played 48.2% uh, quarters against Minnesota. Uh, so you have that, you have that safety over the top to kind of bracket. You can't really do that against the Eagles. If you do that against AJ Brown, you're going to have Devonte Smith running wide open. So Minnesota doesn't really, they didn't, haven't really had that second guy. They've had the tight end. Yeah, obviously with TJ Hawkinson and we saw like what TJ Hawkinson can do when you don't really cover him. He's still got, you know, a, a number of targets uh, in that game. So there's just, there's too many options for the Eagles to really do that. And where the giants kind of had made those changes a little bit, you can't just sit back in zone. It's kind of a damned if you do damned, if you don't, right? Because you can't sit back in zone. You can't try to double cover uh, AJ Brown like that because you have Devontae Smith, <laughs> you can't run man coverage against the Eagles because AJ Brown will torch you, which he has done against every defense all year. Um, so I'm very interested to see like what their game plan uh, is going to be because it just kind of seems like every answer is kind of just a little bit wrong. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Vikings and like they had entered the postseason, and it was really clear kind of, you know, we knew it too in that Packers game. Like it's, this is Justin Jefferson and you can live with TJ Hawkinson catching eight yard passes. Right. Yeah. But like the, the Vikings hadn't been able to run the ball for two months, you know, right. coming in like so like this is a situation like if you're, if you're going to play, you're going to drop back and you're going to play coverage against the Eagles. They're going to run on you a lot better than the Vikings did. Yeah. And if you want to play man coverage, you've got to deal with, you know, obviously you talk about Arthur Juan and how he's destroyed man coverage the entire season. You've got Devontae Smith. Then you've also got the, the QB run factor when you play man coverage. Uh, with Jalen Hurts and you talk about the first game like he ran for 80 yards against the Giants right and like this the week 18 game they didn't have him really do a lot yeah. uh, you know whether that was you know restrictions due to the shoulder injury or everything and then we got Dallas Goddard who didn't even play in the you know he played in the week 18 game but he didn't play in the week 14 game and if there's anything still you saw on the Giants on the field like their linebackers they are have awful. no linebackers <laughs> their linebackers are brutal so no. I mean it could be a Dallas Goddard you know yak game for sure too the, the Eagles just I feel like have too many answers right like they just yep. have too many things here and that's why I get to that lane of like all right you know great season we're gonna build on it <laughs> yeah and it's one of those things like the, the Giants run more snaps than any other team with six or more defensive backs on the field uh since Landon Collins that came back he was playing you know a little more linebacker uh but they even took him off the field against uh Minnesota for a little bit they had a uh, Jason Pinnock uh was was playing some of that like hybrid a little bit but yeah you have like Jalen Smith in in twenty twenty three is is playing the linebacker snaps and that's just that's not going to work. So, but one of the things like even if the Giants are do try to get you know some of those coverage with with dime or you know lighter looks, it, that's not helping in, in the run game. Uh, if right. the Eagles like, just want to do that and, and like they can in the quarterback run game, you still have you know Miles Sanders has been fine and it's just that that offensive line is good like this is obviously good this is very much a trenches uh kind of game on that side of the ball and it's like how impactful can Dexter Lawrence be how impactful can Leonard Williams be um because I, that that's going to be that first line of defense there and if the Eagles can you know win with the offensive line and get through there uh, it's going to be a, a long night for for the rest of the Giants defense because they'll just be able to you know run down the field um 
yeah, it's it's tough. Like this. Hey, these these yeah. two teams we talked about are the one seeds for a reason, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a, so and you've got two teams that are kind of you know pulled off upsets in the first round as underdogs, whether the, we they were general upsets or not, because you know they're both tight spreads and a lot of people picked both those teams to win, but them being at this point of the season facing these two top teams, it's a lot to ask for these teams to kind of keep that thing going. Yeah, yeah, it is, and like. Uh, Again, that's fine. The two, yep. two teams that the Jaguars and, and Giants well ahead of kind of where we expected them to be um, in the twenty heading into the twenty twenty three season, right? Um, two fascinating off season teams, which we'll end up talking about. But yeah, it's okay to like get into the divisional round is great. Um, Sunday's games a little closer in quality oh, of yeah. teams on both sides. So we're going to get this Bengals bills game that, um, you know, obviously for, uh, because of the, you know, Demar Hamlin injury, we just, though we didn't get the, the full game. So we're, this was a, a matchup. We were very excited to see what three weeks ago. Um, and I think it's and just as exciting. Now it's, it's a weird spot because, both of these teams didn't play particularly well last week oh, no. um, against inferior opponents, but we'll get to the Bills. I think for for the Bengals, we kind of talked about it in the beginning. We kind of expected it to be that way because the the yeah. Ravens' defense is just like specifically built to give the Bengals trouble, and it had all season, so it, it wasn't really. I'm not going to take too much away from like that game and what the Bengals were and weren't able to do on defense. Cause I think that the Ravens are just you know, perfectly uh, built to, to combat it. And if they were able to do like anything on offense, <laughs> they might've been able to win, but um, we're going into this game now and the bills offense is in a very strange place because it's, We've talked about it like all season in the passing game. It's Stefan Diggs and, and not much else. Although you do have the, the Gabriel Davis playoff games where apparently he turns into the, the best wide receiver uh, in the <laughs> league. Uh, once the postseason starts after not doing really much in the regular season. Um, and they got something out of the, 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 the Jamokes on the offense last week. Uh, they did a little bit, but they also, <laughs> you know, had to, um, you know, it throw a lot, and there was there was a lot of chaos going on in that game, and it's going to be interesting because we've kind of talked about the the way to get to Josh Allen a little bit is like blitzing isn't like the, the cure all. He's not bad against the blitz, but he's less good, um, and I think that's kind of where we saw Miami uh, go in that game. So in the second half of that game, when things like really got weird, um, the forty percent blitz rate. Uh, from from the Dolphins at negative 0.90 EPA per play um, for Allen. And, and even in like that first half a little bit, there, you know, he would, he, he hit some of those deep shots early. Uh, and then they got that sack fumble. And it's kind of, that's kind of how you have to live, especially if you were the Dolphins, uh, right? But look at what like Cincinnati does, especially on third down. So we'll talk a lot about like the, the drop eight and stuff, but uh just kind of causing some some different looks. So on third downs this year, um, over the second half of the season, when Cincinnati like really kind of turned it on, they rushed four on 52.4% uh, of their third downs, which is 28th in the league. But it's 22.9% rushing three, 25% blitzing. So you just don't really know what you're going to be getting from Cincinnati. And I think like that's kind of the way you have to go about this. Just kind of uh, change the looks and create chaos in, in some way. And even if it's, you know, you don't really think of, of dropping eight as, as chaos because you're not really creating pressure. But when you have that and you either have like the spy, whether that's, you know, a Matt Milano or something like waiting for Josh Allen, Against the uh, drop eight, Josh Allen has the highest A dot in the league, right? Thirteen point six eight percent. Like he's he's trying to make something happen, and I think that's also where you can get Josh Allen to make mistakes, which we kind of saw in that Miami game. It's very hit or miss whether those things are, are going to happen. So if you can just up the variance here, which we know like Buffalo 
offense has a lot of variance. That's probably the way the the Bengals are able to, you know, get the most out of that side of the ball. Yeah, I I think about the 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 other side too, and you know, obviously, you know, you lose Jonah Williams, and that's a huge point of you know emphasis. Is now we're potentially down three linemen. But how much is it really going to like alter what the Bengals have been doing on offense? I mean, we we've gone right. through the middle of the year now, and it's just been all quick game, you know. And some of that's a byproduct how teams are are playing the Bengals and they're competing. Like you know, I talked about it last week. But like Joe Burrow's playing a lot of the same game Justin Herbert's been playing the whole year. Uh, it just doesn't get talked about at all. Like nothing no, you don't hear anybody talk about Joe Burrow's a dot right or like his lack of deep 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 throwing because we know that he saw his receivers that can if they need to dial up deep shots they can throw to right um, yeah. uh but you know it's interesting to see if the Bengals. i want to see them just get back to getting the get everybody kind of incorporated i mean you look at the the way the season's played out uh since jamar chase has come back and they're really just jamming a lot of targets to Jamar chase and hey if i ran offense i'd want to get jamar chase the ball as much as i could too yeah but like they're it's really kind of uh you know put a cap on the ancillary guys contributing the, you know, I don't even want to call T Higgins the ancillary guy. He should be a one B right. But like T Higgins is, hasn't been involved for like six weeks now uh, in the offense. Uh, and, you know, we haven't, we Tyler Boyd's had the worst year of his career in terms of usage. Uh, and, you know, I'd love to see the Bengals, you know, get back to getting these guys, the football and, you know, open, open some things up uh, for chase through that, because man, the Ravens threw a lot at Jamar chase and he still got his nine for 85 and his touchdown, right? Like real solid line, but man, are you going to be able to get chased like those 150 games? If the other guys aren't doing anything, or can you just get a, a 120 or like a 130 out of Higgins? Cause he's capable, right? Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how the Bengals use the other guys in this offense, the non-chase pieces, because they've been getting chase a lot of catches, uh, but it's really been at the expense of losing targets to some of these other contributors that I still believe are good enough and warrant targets. Right. Yeah, it, it was one of those things like against the Bengals or against the the Ravens. They were the Ravens were kind of just you know playing back um, and, and trying to you know prevent some of those deep plays. So the Bengals were just fine throwing you know the the curls and comebacks to chase which were you know getting tackled immediately because they were able, ravens were kind of able to to rally and that was just kind of the, the way they were going to play so they were fine you know just taking up that space but like you said like nothing was you know really happening with you know the explosive plays and the ability to you know get some of those big gains um yeah so the the the, the burrow thing is interesting you said because it has been a very you know, short passes throughout the year. And a lot of that is, but, you know, because teams have been playing too high, obviously they struggled with that real early in the season. They've been able to kind of figure it out again, not with a lot of like explosive plays, but just enough to, to keep it going. So you know, the Buffalo defense is going to play a lot of, um, a lot of too high, uh, 64% too high shell pre-snap, um, which is the seventh highest rate in the league uh, per SIS. Uh, they play 51% of actual middle of the field's open coverages. That's the second highest uh, in the league. So Burrow against middle of the field open, or where there's actually a too high coverage, 0.11 EPA uh, per play, which is 10th. He has a 5.96 A dot and a 2.43 time to throw. So when he sees those too high looks, he's kind of just getting the ball out quickly, pretty short passes. Against middle of the field close, a 0.05 EPA per play, which is actually 17th. 7.92 a dot so two yards further down the field but 2.33 time to throw so when he sees single high coverage he's getting the ball out even quicker so well a lot of that is going to come down to to what these corners and the safeties and the linebackers can do because it's going to be hard for this pass rush to get home um even with the, the mm-hmm. offensive line injuries they're just going to be getting the ball out so quickly but what's been really interesting like since the the von miller injury you know buffalo has struggled uh, in, in that pass rush uh they are 26 in pressure rate they're blitzing at the 18th highest rate since miller's been out but they have the fifth lowest time to pressure uh per true media so they're either getting winning immediately and getting this quick pressure or they're just not winning at all um so if they are going to win quick like that's how they can get some pressure on burrow but that ball is going to be out just so quick it's going to be i like i can't expect them to be blitzing really like at all um because the bengals are just built to get that ball out quick so it's going to be a, a very interesting dynamic um 
in how the Bills are going to be playing on that back end. Do they, you know, kind of play like the Ravens, uh, play back a little more, um, and just kind of hope you can tackle these guys like once they they catch the ball and, and limit the damage that way? Or are you going to be a little more aggressive, kind of man these guys up and and try to make some of those throws in, into tight windows, try to jam them, throw off the timing, um, and make those passes harder to complete? Uh, and I think like that that's going to be a very uh, just the interesting of how the Bills are planning on doing it that way. Yeah, and the Bengals aren't going to run the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball all year, and they're yeah. not going to run it with these three offensive linemen out. <laughs> so it's, it is one of those situations, too, where, you know, what what does Joe Mixon give you, uh, you know, in the run game as well? So yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested, though, because this one, yeah, this, this line went the other way pretty quick. Uh, the Bengals have not lost a game. They've gone or they've lost. They've gone twenty straight games with Jamar Chase playing, where they haven't lost by more than three points. So, so something something feels off here still. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, and uh, so Josh Allen since Thanksgiving, twenty first in EPA per play among quarterbacks. It's not great. Like there there have been some concerns like going throughout this this back half of the season um the the bills really weren't using you know empty a lot earlier in the season since the thanksgiving 36.4 percent of his dropbacks are in empty which is basically just going into the josh allen make something happen there's there's been scrambles there's been some designed runs um but it's a lot of you know we don't have as much talent as we thought at receivers. So we kind of need to, you know, spread out, go to five wide in this way to, you know, use that horizontal uh, type of stretch to, to create some openings. And like, I think that the bills are, are doing fine schematically. It's just you know been hard to hit some of these plays just because there, there aren't some of those ancillary guys getting open um, after, after Dick. So it's, it has been a bit of a struggle for this this Bills offense, but I think a lot of it is kind of like Allen. How much is on his plate? Whether he's you know still a hundred percent healthy or not, which I think we can say he's probably not a hundred percent. No one's a hundred percent at this point. Um, but I think some of the, the the elbow is is still kind of factoring in on some of these short throws, and I think we've kind of seen that when his process gets rushed a little bit. It's it's not kind of what we saw earlier in the season where there was kind of more controlled uh, of those checkdowns to the to this short area. So, and it's been a lot of, you know, living and dying with, with some of those deep balls and some of them hit against Miami. Some of them didn't. I think like that's where you still continue to, to build in that, that variance there. And like, that's kind of just where the bills are at, at this point. And I'm not totally sure like what the true level of this offense is given just, just kind of where they're at um, right now. So I think like that kind of opens up this game for, for the Bengals a little more too. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, this is uh, this is the game though. We we were we were waiting for this Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow game, the first of their career. Uh, yeah. You know, it was it was going to have huge implications, and still does have huge implications. You know, moving forward. So as we're gonna get we're gonna get to make good here uh it is interesting too both these defenses just pretty banged up a lot of a lot of both teams lost a lot of guys throughout the course of the season the Bengals got a little more healthier than the bills at this point of the season uh especially that first round of the playoffs and i just keep going back to you know the bills if, if they've had one real weakness defensively is that they've really struggled to stop wide receivers this year and the Bengals are like the worst opponent for that right it's just can we get these other guys the football outside of chase um and get those guys we saw that that two weeks ago three weeks ago when it opened you know tyler boyd had the touchdown yep. in the game right uh chase didn't even have a catch the first two drives he drew a 30 yard i think pass interference on the first or second play of the game but it was a lot of middle of the field stuff it was boyd and hayden hurst those first two drives and mm-hmm. kind of gave us that inkling like this is what we could be living in um so yeah let's see uh you know how it plays out something feels off i don't know if i'm ready to pick the Bengals just straight up like everyone else but i mean i definitely feel like the five is off yeah, it's it seems like it's it's going to be a close game at least, and very. I just want to watch it. It's no, going to no. be good. That's kind of all, all, all we want at this point. So, let's head to the second Sunday matchup: 49ers Cowboys. Um, both of these teams uh, coming off very good offensive performances, um, and it. Well, 
49ers. We'll just, I guess, dive into that. And again, we're, I think we're getting a little carried away with a, with a quarterback after a playoff performance. Well, so whoever runs that weird Twitter account that, uh, you know, acted like the, the, the hospital ball Brock Purdy threw was the greatest throw ever made. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a, a better throw to Juwan Jennings is, is a touchdown uh, on that one. Yeah. Um, but these are the two best teams. That, these are the two hottest teams in the NFL since the middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's hard to believe that because the Cowboys, you know, had that stinker in week 18 that everyone overreacted to. That's on their resume versus the Niners who just literally haven't lost in three months. <laughs> but <laughs> but the Cowboys have been a really good football team. And I think we talked about it last week. Like they felt a lot to me like the Rams last year, like coming into the playoffs. They just felt supremely undervalued for what they did in the regular season because their quarterback had a lot of turnovers that necessarily all weren't his fault. Um, and the defense kind of skidded towards the end of the season. But the Cowboys are good. Yeah, absolutely. We even talked like even their low points with some of those Dak interceptions, like weren't really like it wasn't a Dak problem. Um, and I think we just kind of saw the, the way they were able to uh, take advantage of, of what they did on Monday. It was just everything worked. Um, yeah, it kind of looked rough for a drive or two. Um, it was like, oh, this might be an ugly game. And then, you know, the, that third drive, they that with that touchdown drive, they just kind of turned it on and, and never turned it off. Um, Dak just kind of like looked like he had some answers to the test and whatever look the Buccaneers were given, like they they had something for. Uh, and he was so good uh, in that game. And that, that's really like process-wise is a lot of what we have seen from Dak going through uh, this entire season. Thing is... Uh, 49ers defense, a little bit better than the the Tampa Bay defense, um, and probably a, a little bit better than, than most of the defenses uh, the Cowboys have faced uh, this year. So, oh yeah, very. That's interesting. the thing, yeah, with both of these teams, you know, uh, no one's faced like a really good defense on either side. Yeah, that that's certainly true, and you know, in San Francisco. They're they're just going to do fun things. So like they they're going to change up, you know, a, a lot of the looks. I'm. I, interested to see like what um what dallas's answer is to when you know san francisco you know does a, a lot of those you know mugged up looks on on third down where they have you know the seven guys on the line of scrimmage and you know anywhere between four or none of them can can drop back um it's it, san francisco's do, doing a lot of, of fun things they they have good safeties uh they're able been able to to hold up at corner so it's just a a lot of different things going on, which I think is, is going to be a, a bit of a test for for the Cowboys. Like they probably shouldn't run the ball like at all, but no, we'll we'll see how that goes. Like they've they've obviously gotten better uh, at that this year. Um, uh, the other side of the ball is as we look at like what this San Francisco offense is, and Dallas Dallas has been fine like they've they've dealt with some injuries they kind of figured out like what their best personnel could potentially be like they they were doing a lot of you know three safety stuff um had like jaron curse was playing in in the slot um a little bit uh before he got banged up in, in that game so that's going to be interesting though because if they're going to be playing like if their best personnel package is you know having three safeties on the field when san francisco just kind of lives in in 21 and you have all of those, you know, the bigger bodies, are they going to be able to take advantage of that? So the Cowboys had the fewest snaps against 21 personnel uh, in the league. They only saw 27. The next lowest team was 38. Um, but they were also the best in EPA per play against those 21 personnel looks. But again, 21 personnel for 31 teams is very different than 21 personnel for the 49ers. Uh, and I think we we saw like all of the different looks that they can give off, and like they they showed that against Seattle. You can have twenty one uh, in empty. You can have twenty one where you know Ushak's still playing like a, a second tight end or or an H back, and Debo's in the backfield, and Christian McCaffrey's out wide. It's just like there's so many different things, and I just I don't know if Dallas's defensive personnel right now, like the way it is and and at its health, um, is going to be able to to really match up and like that's what makes san francisco so dangerous right now and that's why they're so good there's just uh, we've said this there's kind of like an answer to everything but san francisco has that it's just um 
like it doesn't matter if, if one guy's covered. You can have a, a Brandon Ayuk game and, and run more like traditional dropback. You can have the Debo is is doing Debo stuff now that he's healthy. You, you just have McCaffrey's able to you know do whatever. <laughs> you have George Kittle. It's I I, I don't it, I feel like that's that's a bad matchup at least just personnel wise for what Dallas has at the moment and probably like what their best eleven on that side of the field is and. I think you can kind of take the pass rush away a little bit, and maybe that's where it gets in because Purdy was bailing from some from some clean pockets, um, and he was able to make the most of the scrambles, and, and they were still good, and he was still you know keeping his eyes downfield and stuff. But there were some like plays where he could have stepped up in the pocket and and like hit a, a bigger play down the field, uh, but he like you know turned around and, and ran out out of the pocket, uh, and and maybe that's where they get in trouble if Dallas can, you know, force him to do that a, a little more. Um, but the, outside of that, like, I think you're just kind of waiting for that Purdy mistake and it just hasn't really happened. And, I mean, we kind of talked about that last week, but the, I think that's, that feels like that's Dallas's only chance again. Well, I mean, Dallas, they're going to, they're going to have to score points here. I think they can score points too on the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, they 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 stopped the Dolphins, but every other good offense they faced, they've gotten scored. The point the other team scored points on them, including yeah. the Raiders, right? Like the Raiders were a good offense in the regular season. I know their their overall record kind of paints as a picture, and they had Jared Sidham, but you know the Raiders were a top five team in scoring rate per drive, and they scored thirty four points on the on the 49ers. Um, the only other teams that they faced that were top ten in EPA per play were the Chiefs and Dolphins. And the Chiefs scored forty four, the Dolphins they stopped, and the Dolphins may have even been a little bit of a fugazi. Uh, there'll be, you know, probably there's at least a conversation around it, but uh, yeah, the 49ers can, they can be thrown on for sure. Uh, especially the back end. Like they've gotten roasted by wide receiver play and it almost undid them in the opening round with just that. We almost just had a DK lift game, right? Like we yeah. talked about it, like that those two guys had to have monster games and one of them did, and it almost was enough. It was enough for a half, but uh, the Cowboys have, you know, a guy in CD lamb that is versatile in his own right. Like he plays inside, he plays outside, the 49ers have been terrible against slot slot wide receivers the entire year, which is interesting because they're really good at defending the middle of the field. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's got to be a big CeeDee Lamb game. The question is, is can, who's going to contribute in the passing game outside of CeeDee Lamb? Yeah. Because the 49ers are awesome against tight ends, and your second best player is Dalton Schultz, who, who crushed the, the Buccaneers. Michael Gallup has one game over 50 yards this year. They're trying to get, you know, Eugene Hilton, you know, going. He, he, he ran over 50% of the, of the routes last week. Uh, this needs someone else outside of CeeDee Lamb, right? And, like, who's it going to be? And, and is there enough there? Um, and I don't know if there is that guy. But this game, I think, could feature a lot more points than people think. Yeah. Because neither team can really stop the pass right now at this, at this juncture. And both teams are good, against, are good enough against the run. Although the Cowboys will probably have a little more trouble defending the run here than they have in the past. And, they, and the Cowboys, at least on their resume, have a game where they scored 40 points on the Eagles, right? Like, so, I mean, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to score in this game. Uh, but there's just all these things working against them, like you, you highlighted. Then you've got the, on top of it all, you've got the short week where the 49ers have extra rest. It's Dallas's fifth road game in six weeks. Uh, they're going from Tampa all the way to the other coast. Uh, on a short week, they picked up a couple injuries. Jaron Curse did practice uh, already limited, so it looks like he's going to be able to play, but he's banged up. It's just a real tough spot the Cowboys were placed in schedule-wise, and there's no reason to have these Monday night games outside of monetary reasons. Uh, it just throws everything it throws everything off and creates a little bit of an unfair advantage. Um, and, the, and the 49ers had already played the Buccaneers, so it's not like they had needed to really even delve in uh, you know, in, in terms of preparation, like they could kind of look at stuff with the Cowboys too. So it's just the league kind of put the Cowboys in a terrible spot here on top of all of the other things that they're probably going to have to deal with from an actual, you know, football stance placing facing the 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's tough. Um, Cause it's yeah. The, the, the Monday night game is yeah. You, you don't, really need that really at all uh like you said um yeah and and the way the the, the it, it's it's tough and, and so and going on, on top of that like being in that tough spot kind of the personnel wise it, it, the way we 
and I'd say we in, in, in the royal sense of like everyone overreacted to like a fine Giants team beating a not great Vikings team. Like we don't need to get carried away in the opposite way of like whichever team loses here. And like, especially if it is Dallas, like I don't think the the world is going to be, you know, the fallen down for the Cowboys going forward if they don't beat the 49ers in these circumstances. Uh, so that's the other thing. Like these are two very good, good teams. <laughs> right. that's, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm trying to get it out now. Good luck. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like the, the sky is not going to be falling for for the team that that loses here. Um, these are two very good teams, um, and kind of you know I think more so than than these other games. Uh, we we don't have to we don't have to overreact to the loser. We will. Um, and again, royal royal we here of 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 everyone, but we we don't have to. Um, Does Brett Maher miss a kick in this game? Does he attempt a kick in this game? He shut it. Um, he shut it. It's tough. Um, no. So it was, it was great. I, I don't know if you were watching uh, the the Manning cast or not, but they had, no. they, had, oh, they had Dan Campbell on, and they were just kind of like, "What what would you do at halftime with this guy?" And they they were kind of talking about some some halftime, you know, what happens at halftime, and you know, they were kind of talking about like how much actually gets done. Uh, Dan Cable said like, well, one thing I, I would do is go over to the kicker and be like, we believe in you. Uh, you, you get one more and then you're, you're sitting and then he, he did miss that one. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's, I mean, these, it's, I mean, you, you would hope he continues to make it, but maybe that that's a, a fairly short leash here. Uh, Cause you, you can't be giving up points uh, in that way. So. Yeah, the very very underrated matchup uh, is. Uh, I think this is Dallas this is the game I'm looking forward points. to probably the most. I I mean, Bills both. Yeah. I think both Sunday games are have potential to be phenomenal. Obviously, I want to see Burrow Allen. This game, I feel like, is like not getting like proper like respect of potentially being like maybe like the actual barn burner though. Yeah. Yeah, certainly the case. Um, fun way to to end the weekend, hopefully. Um, but again, we'll. We should be getting four fairly fun games, um, which is which is great, and that's what makes this weekend the really so much fun. Kind of every year, um, we get four games with eight good teams. Um, you know, obviously it helps a little more with uh, uh, than than wildcard weekend, which is just a, a lot of you know, hit or miss in that. On that note, we're gonna end the show here. Uh, you can find all our work on sharpfoolanalysis.com. There's a, a worksheet for every game uh this weekend again if you haven't been reading this worksheet you should be doing that uh you can be doing that uh on the website uh, i wrote about daniel jones um i'll be writing something else for one of these other teams this week no tbd what that is but that should be on the site soon at some point um a lot of other good content uh coming on so uh yeah that's it you can find rich on twitter at lord reeves you can find me on twitter at dan Pizzuta. Uh, thank you guys for listening we will talk to you again soon